0: Get my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great.
1: Welcome back to Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. My name is Dr. Noah DeCoyer, and I am your co-host. Today, our guest is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. Hey, Doc, how are you today?
0: Really happy to be here, Doc. (laughs) Talk to talk, right?
1: Yeah, thank thank you. Good to to
0: be here, Noah.
1: I hear you. And listen, I'm going to do your bio, and then we're going to dive into some great content. Does that sound okay? Sounds great. All right. Dr. Anthony is a health, weight loss, peak performance, and muscle building expert exclusively for accomplished entrepreneurs and busy fathers over 40. And that resonates with me, Doc, because I'm 42. <laughs> After watching his own dad lose his health and pass away at a young age of 42, holy mackerel, Dr. Mm-hmm. Anthony founded the Fit Father Project and Peak Performance Prescription to help other busy people get and stay permanently healthy for their families. Dr. Anthony holds dual degrees in nutrition and neuroscience from the University of Pennsylvania, a doctorate in naturopathic medicine, and is also a national champion bodybuilder. His most proud fact is that he has helped over 10,000 fathers lose over 75,000 pounds of fat with his work at the Fit Father Project. So, you know, that, that... that bio really resonates with me, Doc, because I, I lost my mother at 52. So mm-hmm. I, I can I understand what it's like to lose a parent at an extraordinarily young age. So uh, I could see how that could have shaped um, who you are today. And let's let's start there. If we were to, if I was to ask you to flesh your bio out a little bit, what would you say?
0: I would say that my entire life and my passion for, um, helping my friends, my family and everyone I come in contact with live healthier came from those early experiences of watching my own dad basically lose his. Um, and I think my dad is like a lot of people out there, you know, fathers and mothers who, um, basically are working themselves to the bone to take care of their families. And in the process of working those long hours, you know, handling a promotion at work and, all this stuff. Dad just basically stopped taking care of himself. And, you know, I watched him, you know, gain weight. Uh, He stopped eating healthy, you know, stopped exercising. And and when I was very young, that was something that I, that I used to love watching my dad do is, is see him exercise in the gym. I used to love hanging out with him and all that basically stuff kind of stopped. And he ended up getting diagnosed with terminal brain cancer um, and he passed away. And I was nine at the time. My little brother was six. And from that moment, it completely changed my relationship to uh, the understanding of how important health and fitness is for every single facet of our lives, because it's really easy to lose sight of the fact that when we when we do lose our health and where we're not opt, uh, you know, operating in an optimal state, everything else we love in life that we're working so hard for begins to slip as well. So I've been, I guess, a man on a mission from a very young age, you know, when when initially after dad passed, uh, I. Wanted to become a sponge. I wanted to learn every single thing I could possibly learn about nutrition, exercise, healthy living, um, because in my ten-year-old mind, I wanted to become so strong that you know cancer wouldn't affect me, because I had to take care of my mom, my little brother, uh, and eventually the seeds of that mission blossomed into what I work on now: is you know the Fit Father Project uh, peak performance prescription. Um, and, and just all these avenues where I'm just trying to provide support for, um, amazing people that, you know, they want to live healthier, that want to live their best, want to take care of their families and look and feel good while they're doing it.
1: Amen, my friend. So since your passion lies here and helping men and fathers, entrepreneurs, let's, let's focus and dial in here. That being said, what reoccurring themes do you see in this segment of the population?
0: In one word, like one phrase I could say is, is I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Like so many of us are stretched so thin with um all of life's responsibilities that often the thing get, that gets put on the back burner is um the health, fitness, exercise, nutrition routines. Um so a large part of the work that I do, whether it's a Fit Father project or whether it's with busy entrepreneurs or is helping them build simple and sustainable eating and exercise solutions to, to have routines that run on autopilot. So they don't take a ton of time. And in fact, they give you more time because this stuff is kind of, you have an automated system. So without systems and routines, you know, health and fitness becomes something that um, either remains in that corner of your life that, you know, I'll get to it later or ends up being something that is, you know, stressful or takes more time. So we need to, we need to have structures and routines. And for, the listeners here on this podcast, those that are probably like, well, you know, I am in good shape and, and I do eat healthy and I, and I do exercise, you know, obviously you can reflect and say it's because you have the right habits in place. Um, and so a large part of what I do is, is really, you know, help people address the, I don't have enough time by installing those health operating systems, if you will, um, that make the, the high leverage health habits around nutrition, exercise, sleep and mindset, you know, pretty automated.
1: Well, you know, I, I have to bring this up because it's probably what you see uh, nearly every day. And I'm going to use myself as a, an example. I'm 42, like I said. You know, I I'd like to think I look, act, and, and have those habits that you mentioned. And uh, I, all the other, all the tests I've done over the years generally have come back very positively. Blood work. Mm-hmm. But until recently, I've had an iron absorption problem. My thyroid numbers have gotten a little wonky, uh, and I'm working with a functional medicine doctor myself, so if it's for my audience, you know, I, I take this stuff seriously, and then I decided to do a telomere test to see, mm-hmm. to see what, what the length of my telomeres were, and I was absolutely shocked, uh, Doc, to find out the length of my telomeres were of a 61-year-old. Oh, man. This is a person that I, I think I take care of myself. And then you start looking at it and dialing back and seeing what what you're doing or how you're acting or how you're thinking that doesn't align with these healthy habits. Uh, what would you say to me, or what would you say if, if I was your patient or, or a person uh, describing this to you?
0: Well, I mean, so we'll we'll just we'll look at the, the telomere thing first because I think that's very interesting and, and it's something specific that you brought up. Is um, for those that you know aren't necessarily familiar. Telomeres are, you know, parts of the end caps of of basically DNA that shows it's predictive of how long uh, you're going to live. You know, it's kind of like that, uh, the burning, uh, the wick on a candle. And as telomeres and cells divide and telomeres get shorter, you know, you are going to get to a point where um, you kind of fizzle out too, right? And so we want to maximize telomere length. And so what I would look at is um, if it's shorter than it should be predictive for your age, what are we doing to burn that down? Um, And and it's often going to be some kinds of, you know, maybe, you know, stressors, oxidative damage, and there's going to be some stuff that we could look at in your lifestyle to why your wick is burning so fast and so hard. And and for most people that I work with, there's always more that we can do on the sleep recovery and rejuvenation side of things um, that is so important and overlooked. I think a lot of us want to live this a a very um, productive, high performing life. Um, And this is me actually like. This is a confession too. You know, we want to run like this high performance life. So uh, we run very fast. We run our bodies very fast and we feel that we are doing a good job with the fuel. Um, and we're not necessarily resting enough to recover. So maybe there are things that we could look at um, with matching your your fuel and your recovery intake specifically for your body, for your nutrigenomics to help support, you know, healthy telomere length. Maybe there's stuff that we could do with um, your sleep sleeper recovery to make sure that, you know, you, you are uh, giving your body a chance to rest. And, and, you know, stress is something that's absolutely going to impact uh, lifespan, you know, even if you're doing healthy habits. So those are some of the first kind of, Higher level mind frames that I would start to look at to approach this kind of problem, and then we'd whittle down to the specifics. Does that that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And you know what? For me, ultimately, that's what that's what it is. It's it's sleep. Since I had my children, I have a twelve year old and a seven year old. My sleep has gone through uh, t- in the tank. So twelve years of not sleeping properly have dramatically mm-hmm. impact, and it didn't show. It took a long time to show up as outward symptoms, like all disease does. But that, that's that's where I'm at now, and I'm, and I'm sure, as you just outlined, that's what you see on a regular, daily basis.
0: Totally, I think a lot of a lot of guys come to us, uh, men in particular, through the, you know, doc, I wanna lose weight, I wanna lose those 45 pounds, um, you know, I wanna increase my energy. And the first place we start is not diet and exercise. We always start with sleep and mindset. And I just want to reiterate that because I think that this is a good chance for us to really all reaffirm how important sleep and recovery is for all the important health changes that we want, Um, because, you know, you can't out exercise um, a bad diet and you certainly can't, you know do a really hardcore diet or hardcore exercise and see the results you want if your body's in a chronically low-level stress state because you're not sleeping or recovering enough. So sleep optimization is the foundation of every single thing um, that I do. And and the thing is, it's often overlooked because it's the simple stuff. You know, it's not as sexy as really looking at, you know, complicated, uh, you know, nutrient combinations and and maybe meal timings and new cool workout programs. Uh, Sleep's like the basic stuff and we often tend to gloss over that.
1: Uh, I agree. So, so if we just dial in on sleep, what are some of your tried and true recommendations to have a better night's sleep?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first thing is um, for us to really understand that we are bio-circadian you know, beings. And, and I know we, we all have heard of circadian rhythms before, but I think that a lot of the new research is coming out just showing um, how biologically hardwired our bodies are with, with clocks, right? Obviously, we have in the morning, we have, um, you know, cortisol is is rising naturally to wake us up. And at night, as the light goes down and the sun's going down, melatonin is increasing in our brains. It's starting to wind us down at night. So the first thing that I work on uh, is really helping people establish a very structured um, wake-sleep rhythm. So that means creating a very structured bedtime, And then also optimizing um, the brain's functioning of its natural circuitry with some of these wakefulness and sleep hormones. And what I think a lot of people don't realize is the importance of actually getting the right amounts of natural light, sunlight into your eyes early in the morning for helping your brain maintain a circadian clock. A lot of us... Um, Our working lives where we're in front of computers or we're in offices and we're not outside and we're not connected to the earth and we're not looking into the sun Um, and realize that our bodies were developed and designed um, in harmony with nature. And um, a lot of the ways that we actually maintain uh, circadian rhythm and good sleep is by seeing a.m. Sunshine and seeing the sun go down later in the day. So if we're disconnected from nature, which a lot of us are these days, um, a good easy habit is in the morning, first thing in the morning when you get out, when you get out, you you rehydrate, you get your water, do whatever you do in the morning, uh, is to go outside and get a little morning sunshine. Obviously, you get the benefits of the vitamin D, but also the sun actually hitting your retina. There's some really cool new research that shows that that helps maintain your circadian clock a lot better. The next thing we're going to look at is um, getting rid of a lot of this artificial blue light later in the day. So, screens, whether they're phones or computers, emit certain spectrums of light. And they they emit a lot of a a certain type of light called blue light Uh, and blue light. Has a unique property in that it can selectively damage our brains ability to produce melatonin and melatonin is you know We've a lot of people have seen that as a as a supplement But it's something that our brains make naturally to help decrease uh, You know relax us at night and, and prepare our bodies for for sleep and rejuvenation and de-stressing and so as the Sun goes down and our eyes sense that there's lower light we secrete melatonin the problem is we're looking at computer screens all the time and that totally disrupts melatonin so what I would also do is do some good sleep hygiene stuff throughout the day make sure that we have um, blue light blocking software on our computers, um, blue light blocking software on our phones. iPhones now have that night shift mode and other things like that. And then at night, we would also do some environmental tweaks to your bedroom um, to really optimize things for sleep. So our bodies like to sleep in cooler temperatures. If the room is too hot to our bodies, heat kind of signals like metabolic activity. um, And it doesn't really allow our bodies to go go into a deep, restful sleep. So um, research shows that People sleep best around that the high 60s degree Fahrenheit, you know, kind of temperature. So somewhere cool the room down, um, and let's get rid of all light in the room. You know, if you can, if you can't get blackout curtains, you can get a, a face mask and some earplugs. But basically, let's get all this sensory information that we're bombarded with out at night. Um, and, and and you know, I think the the perfect plan would be AM sunshine, blue blocking technology throughout the day, a very cool. Um, a cool room with not a lot of flashing lights or anything like that, where you could use maybe some earplugs and a face mask. Um, and I think those are some things that would really start to help improve sleep. But there's also a lot of habits around what time we can set regimented bedtimes around. Your sleep is never going to be optimal if you're going to bed at 10:30 uh, p.m. some days and 1 a.m. some days. Your body is constantly guessing, and if you're if you're keeping your body guessing, uh, you know what time you're going to bed, what time you're waking up and you don't have a concrete rhythm, you're never really going to feel amazing. So, you know, there's something to be said about a structured time schedule rhythm too. So that's a lot. I'm going to, I'll pause there for a second because I, hopefully there are some nuggets that people can take out of there to start thinking and reflecting on their own sleep routines and how they might optimize.
1: Yeah. So that, that's exactly what we talk about and we're hundred percent aligned, but let me, let me be devil's advocate, but, yeah, hit me. but, but my, my kid's soccer games finish at 10 o'clock. I, I go to my yoga or my CrossFit box at 5 or 6 in the morning a uh, few days a week. Then the rest of the weeks, so I'm getting home at 7 o'clock, and I can get to bed at 8.30, and, and it's impossible for me to get a real steady rhythm.
0: What do you mm-hmm. say? I, I say that we um, the goal is not perfection. It's as close to an ideal goalpost as possible. Um, and I, And I still – I would devil's advocate to your devil's advocate (laughs) that in any given routine, no matter how hectic we can still find that semblance thread, of of some kind of structure and like i get it you know some wednesday nights you're gonna have to take the kids to soccer and it ends at 10 p.m and you're not going to be able to make your normal 10 30 p.m bedtime that's okay um but understanding and even cognitively understanding that you have a structure set routine that you're aiming for is going to keep you more consistent over the long run um and and this is a habits game so i i do get that um There will be times when you can't go perfectly to bed, but I still think there is a a golden thread of structure that we can hit most of the time. Um, And listen, you know, on the weekends, if we do need to sleep in and catch up on some of that stuff, that's great, too. Um, I think that we're at a point where most of us, in terms of actual biological health, could benefit from slowing down more and resting more and putting a little less on our plates. I'm not going to say this is what we're going to do, but as a guy like you, you know, Noah, you, you're an incredibly healthy guy, um, but you're also seeing the toll of what's happening on, you know, an actual genetic level right. um, with, with with not necessarily having enough time for a rest and relaxation.
1: I agree. I agree. Now, one other question on sleep. Does when you when you eat affect your sleep? Like should you eat two hours before you go to bed, three hours before you go to bed? You know, obviously, we don't want to eat right before we go to bed, but is there some sort of generic kind of time or multiple hours before that's best to eat?
0: Totally. Yeah. There's actually some really cool stuff you can do um, with food and nutrition at night to help your body sleep better. So it's usually for most people not a good idea to eat a huge meal right before you're going to bed. Um, however, that being said, Food is one of the best ways that we can shift our nervous system out of the sympathetic, very active, um, you know, coffee-driven, caffeine-fueled kind of, you know, that state that we're all very familiar with to a parasympathetic rest-digest-recovery mode. You know, the parasympathetic nervous system, one of its main functions is uh, to fuel digestion and to assimilate nutrients. So um, having a nice meal, a nice-sized meal, a little bit of a bigger meal later in the day is a great way to kind of calm the body and relax things down and shift your body into a digestion mode. Um, and this is where I think we were taught a very, you know, at least what was preached when, when I was growing up was that, you know, breakfast was the most important meal of the day and we should have a huge, you know, carb laden breakfast. Um, and, and we kind of figured out that you don't necessarily have to do that. And there's also some detriments to having big meals early in the day, like the blood sugar swings, all the digestive stress from doing that things. What I'm gonna posit is that there's actually benefit to having a bigger meal with some healthy carbohydrates that work well with your body um, later in the day. Um, Because carbs are very unique in that they, you know, they're not just, you know, stored in in muscles and liver and in fat cells as as energy they also have a profound impact on our brains neurochemistry um, and particularly around serotonin and dopamine and carbs can actually uh, increase serotonin levels which can kind of give us that uh, you know that a little more relaxed nice kind of feeling at night that can help wind us down um so what I would recommend is if, if someone knows that they um, have a particular kind of carbohydrate, and this is assuming they're not doing a very carb-restricted diet like a ketogenic diet or very, very carb-restricted, that they do have a meal, um, let's say around two and a half hours before bed, that does contain a nice serving of healthy carbohydrates that are gut-friendly, that work with your body, um, along with you know some, some veggies to, to really just slow down the, uh, the blood sugar spike of the carbs. And then I think that would be optimal for helping someone sleep well.
1: Yeah, I I know for me personally, and I I don't I'm not fully ketogenic, but I restrict my carbohydrates uh, pretty regularly and watch the amount of carbs I eat. So I'm I'm fat adapted for sure. But I I know for sure that my later meal should have more carbohydrates in it, like some sweet potato or some plantain or something like that. And I know that I get a better night's sleep when I when I eat those types of things in the evening.
0: spot on i think that's the case for most people i think uh, like if we're throwing down blanket uh guidelines most people do better uh, having a much lower lower carbohydrate diet and this is you know regardless of your macronutrient composition of your diet earlier in the day lower carbs at night as you're shifting into a little more of a relaxation mode introduce some some good carbs in the amounts that work for your body and make sure that they're you know good you know non-inflammatory gut friendly sources like you mentioned names are usually very safe for most people
1: i agree now you a, a while back maybe five ten minutes ago you mentioned the term and i'd like you to just talk about that and explain what that means because it, it comes up occasionally on the podcast but not that often uh can you define and, and maybe just explain a little bit what nutrigenomics is
0: yeah so nutrigenomics is an amazingly cool field it, it's essentially like the uh the hybrid in the cross section between all the great genetic research and we have spent so much time sequencing the human genome and now we have, you know, services available commercially where people can, you know, you can get your genome sequence with things like 23 and me and you can get it processed and you can figure out, um, what's your, what's your different, your genetic profile, those single nucleotide polymorphisms that the little gene variants that you have, Noah, that makes you different than me. And then we can interface that with nutrition. And we can say, OK, based on your SNPs, those single nucleotide polymorphisms and just your general uh, genetic makeup, what kind of nutrient composition of a diet will work best for you? What kind of nutrients might you need more of? OK, so you have a you have a SNP. Uh, maybe maybe the the term MTHFR means something to somebody. We don't necessarily yep. have to go down that rabbit hole. But, um, you know, you're going to need uh, uh, you might need some higher amounts of some methylated B vitamins. So. Nutrigenomics is basically is, is a precision nutrition based on what your gene profile says and how can we use that information to tailor nutrition that's going to be specifically good for your body. And I think, if anything, we're moving into the, the world of personalized medicine. You know, we have a lot of labels that are thrown around, like functional medicine, integrative medicine. In my mind, all of it's getting more integrative and more personal. Um, and I think nutrigenomics is 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 a new field that's really worth exploring where people can get great information about their actual uh, genetic makeup and what kind of things might be better for, for their bodies. And, uh, I'll ask, I mean, have you done some of this testing yourself?
1: Me? Yeah, I did 23andMe and then connected it to Genetic Genie. So I, I have nice. an idea of, uh, of some, some, you know, comp and, and, and MTHFR and, yeah. uh, CBS. And we've had a few people on to talk about those specific, uh, gene mutations to kind of get a better handle on those. So yeah, so it's it's definitely in the forefront of my mind. Uh, uh, you know, shame on me. I've had the, the two tests for my children for about two months and still haven't. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> haven't right processed ahead. their data.
1: But I yeah. but I have it there. So yeah, I think it's it's the the best thing about this stuff like the telomere test and 23andMe is it's it's no longer cost prohibitive. It's really yeah. reasonably cheap. All you need really. Is someone to help you decipher that information in a usable way.
0: Yes, totally. And, and, and you know, with some of those SNPs that you just mentioned, by no means am I, and am I an expert in these SNPs. But, you know, if you know that you have a certain variant of, of that COM-T, um, you know, variant, then you're going to. It would make dramatic differences in the kind of diet that might be best for you. How we can best modulate your your dopamine levels, your other catecholamine levels. We would maybe change your nutrient timing based on that, um, and also taking into account your your actual goals. So there's a lot of cool things you can you can do once you know this information. And I think there's something cool too. And this is, I'm gonna say this. Uh, there's something cool about. Feeling like you know something special about your own genetic makeup that gives you more buy-in and motivation into your own health plan. Because there's a lot of things we know we should be doing. But when you have a piece of paper that says, man, like my telomere length, you know, should be 10 years younger than it is. Or I have a COMT gene, um, this variant here, and I need more of this or less of that. Um, it creates a little more salience and emotion around why we should be doing things, which I think can increase motivation and compliance for ourselves as, as our own health coaches, you know, coaching ourselves through these things. And I think that's incredibly valuable. That's, in my opinion, as valuable as any feedback of a test is how we can really convince ourselves to have more buy-in, more consistency.
1: Yeah, I I know for me, and I keep using me as an example, but I, I'm an open book. I don't really mind sharing where I'm at in the stages of my health. You know, for me, that was shocking, my telomere test. So I immediately went out, got an Aura Ring, O-U-R-A, uh, and started tracking. I didn't track much of my sleep and, and all these kind of things, and the Aura Ring can track everything. So now I'm getting feedback on, a, you know, a- any time I want, how many steps I have, <clears throat> how much deep sleep, how much REM, Am I, nice. is it a good day to work out? All these kind of things. And, uh, and that was all brought about a, a test that, you know, a piece of paper that said, look, you're aging faster than you should. You really got to change some things around.
0: A bit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's, that's exactly my point. That's great. Now,
1: uh, your, I guess your main program, I guess, is the Fit Father Project, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Now, how about explaining that in a little bit more detail?
0: So essentially, what we've done is, is we've taken a lot of generic health and fitness advice out there. Um, you know, eat six small meals a day, lift weights, you know, go to the gym. And we've really made all that stuff uh, customized and simple and sustainable for busy guys, particularly men over 40 who are fathers, who have busy families, busy jobs, aging bodies. You know, and, and we've, we've created a comprehensive program where a man can say, I want to improve my health. They can join online. They can join our, our big program membership base uh, and they can run through and, and lose weight, build muscle, whatever their specific goals are. It's kind of tailored to that. Um, but it's it's really, you know, as, as fun as looking at um, a lot of these, you know, very complicated nutrition. Genomic genetic profiles and all this stuff when it really boils down to it health and fitness for the most part is not uh, an information game it's a habits and behaviors game and so we've just figured out a a very simple way to create structures for men around their meal timing around simple time efficient workouts around accountability coaching Um, basically a program built for busy humans um, that keeps you on track you know I I wish I wish I could say that it was it was more complicated than that because it's really the simple stuff that works Um, And we just really designed a system that is is very effective for for busy guys.
1: Now, so do you have a brick and mortar office or is is everything you do kind of online consultation or is it a combination of both?
0: We have a completely online team. Like our our team members are all over the world. And so we support men all over the world. So guys – Typically, how people find us is, um, you know, they read articles on our FitFather Project blog, or you know, find us on podcasts, et cetera, um, and they go online and they sign up and they join. And the cool thing about um, the way we approach things is that we do it completely virtual. Um, you know, even the down to the program delivery, everything is is done virtually. Um, but unlike typical like books or DVD, diet books or like, like a P90X style DVD, uh, we actually keep you accountable through the process with our coaching, um, and our online software that kind of like gets you to check in and make sure you're going through the action steps and actually implementing the information. So it's a completely online program. And that's what I do on the Fit Father Project side of things, um, and on the entrepreneurial coaching side of things for entrepreneurs and executives. Um, I do high performance work, where I do a lot more of all the the nutrigenomic custom plan builds that uh, we just talked about. Where my team of coaches and I, uh, we basically design completely custom schedules, uh, nutrition plans, exercise plans, um, everything for busy entrepreneurs and executives who who want to nail specific health goals and just have that automated health operating system that keeps them healthy, whether they're traveling, whether they're, you know, in big business pushes or, or just they want to, you know, extend and really focus on longevity. So those are like the two main things I'm focusing on right now.
1: That's cool. So now as we, as we wind down today, I got a more of a fun question. So what's the day in the life of Dr. Anthony Balduzzi look like from waking to going to sleep?
0: Nice. Okay. Well, wake up, um, you know, I'll even, I'll even be honest, but when I'm great with my schedule, it's 5am, um, and get up, I will immediately get the body moving. Um, the first thing I'll do is I will drink 32 ounces of water with some sea salt. And I like to have a little lemon water and I'll start brewing some green tea and I'll get my body moving. Sometimes I'll use a, a vibration plate, a rebounder, something to get my lymphatic system moving. And uh, I have a little morning ritual where, uh, I do a couple basic habits, some gratitude journaling, some short meditation, the moving of my body, um, and some appreciation, reach out to, uh, my, the love, my love of Paige Brown and make sure I give her some love first thing in the morning to maintain that amazing relationship. Um, and then I get to work pretty shortly afterwards. I, I, I work, uh, because I, you know, have we have so many clients at the fit father project and on my personal coaching side, I work for, you know, a vast majority of the day in front of the computer. I have an awesome standing desk. So in between, you know, meetings, podcasts. Shooting video. There's a lot on the computer. Um, I will go to exercise um at some point later in the day before dinner. Um recently I've been using a really cool exercise machine called an ARX machine. Are you familiar with those?
1: I've heard it. I I don't know a lot about it.
0: Okay, so it's cool stuff. Um, I think this is like the future of exercise. These will probably be in everyone's home in like 15 years. Um it's called adaptive resistance training. It's more or less like a bow flex with a computer on it. And um, And what it is, is it's able to dynamically adjust the weight that you're lifting during each individual rep. So, you know, where if you're bench pressing, you might be able to push, you know, let's say 150 pounds off your chest, but you might be able to actually. To lower eccentrically 250 pounds. So the ARX can can really adjust the weight dynamically. So it's a very time-efficient workout. But back to the schedule, I'll I'll work out on an ARX machine. You know, I like the data-driven feedback on my workouts. I will have an amazing um uh, dinner that's you know higher in carbs to really start shift my body into rest and relaxation mode. Um, all the blue light will be cut out. I'll brew some tea, I'll read a good book, spend some time with my family, um, and I will uh get down to bed, plan some goals for the following day and get after it. At this stage, uh you know, I'm I'm very, with all the the great work we're doing in the world, I'm just so fired up that I, I work a lot more. So it's funny because what I'm preaching to, all of us should slow down a little bit. This is like some self-medicine that I could probably use myself.
1: Right, great, great. And final question is, uh, how can our audience, or what's the best way our audience can get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, so a couple ways. I think if if people are interested in learning more about the Fit Father Project, um, you can head over to fitfatherproject.com. And there are just, you know, tons of emails, links to our programs, all our articles, you know. Um, just like this podcast, we have a very high traffic blog that has a lot of great content on there. Um, my personal email, which people can absolutely feel free to, to reach out if they, you know, heard this and they want to connect, uh, is anthony at fitfatherproject.com. And, uh, and that's where you can inquire, you know, about any of the stuff we talked about. And we can have some more great conversations. Um, and the other place that, you know... I'm doing a lot of work on the entrepreneur exec side is peakperformancerx.com. So um, if we have show notes, I'm sure we could put some links on there. But those would be the between Fitfather Project and uh, my email and peakperformancerx.com. Those are the best places to connect to me.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely put those in the show notes for sure. Thank you very much for being on today, Doc. I really appreciate your time.
0: Likewise. Thanks for having me. This was a blast.
1: Yeah, it was. Absolutely. My name is Dr. Noah DeCoyer, your co-host, and you're listening to the Beyond Your Wildest genes podcast. If you'd like what you've heard today, please share this with your friends, family, and encourage them to subscribe on iTunes. A positive review goes a really long way in helping our podcast tribe grow. Currently, we're around 600,000 Uh, and growing daily help us help others thank you and as my oldest son hayden says be awesome and never unawesome